Welcome to Locked On Panthers. My name is Josh Licht. I'm one of the writers for PantherParkway.com, and we're excited to be here discussing the Florida Panthers every single day, Monday through Friday, on Locked On Panthers. With me, as always, is my good friend and yours, Frank Rikas. Hey, everybody. It's Frank, owner, operator of Panther Parkway. Glad to be here. And uh, this is episode two. Episode two. Hopefully it'll be better than Star Wars episode two. And uh, <laughs> excited to uh, be here talking about the Panthers. Man, uh, great response from our first episode yesterday. Uh, and so we uh, are excited to keep doing this. The daily Florida Panthers podcast. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure the only daily Florida Panthers podcast in existence. You are you are correct, sir. So, um, hey, uh, it's great to be here. It's great. You, f- you feeling good, Frank? You feeling good? I'm feeling good. I enjoyed uh, listening to uh, our first show. I actually listened to it, uh, I'm not going to lie, three times. Three times? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. You know why? I, I, I wanted to hear all the different things. I wanted to hear all the parts. And, uh, you know, we're, all, we're always going to be working to make it better. So, And you and I talked about doing a few things. So, you know, I think that was good. I think if yeah. I started listening to our show three times, I'd start disagreeing with myself uh, on the <laughs> well, show. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, oh, Josh. We, we, I like to hear the voices. <laughs> uh, well, don't let the voices speak too loudly, okay, uh, in your head. So, um, Frank, I, I, I'm glad that you're feeling good. I'll tell you, I know a guy who's probably not feeling as good, and that's Keith Yandel. Ooh, you think? Man, uh, what a revelation uh, about Keith Yandel's situation. We all saw uh, the incident in, in the, the game against Carolina where he took the puck uh, into the facial region, uh, <laughs> knowing that he had to go off the ice and it looked like it hurt. But uh, just a couple of hours after that, or uh, I guess the morning of uh, the next day, uh, we see a tweet come out from Ryan Whitney. Ryan Whitney, former NHL player, I guess a good friend of Keith Yandel's, because I know Yandel has been on uh, his podcast, which is the uh, Spittin' Chicklets uh, podcast. Ryan Whitney posts on Twitter, uh, at Ryan Whitney 6 Keith Yandel loses nine teeth in the first period last night, misses the second, comes back for the third, and after dental work this morning, will be playing the 5 p.m game to keep his Iron Man streak alive. Wow, what a crazy story. Losing nine teeth. I see some other people have said he didn't necessarily lose nine teeth. Uh, he either lost or cracked nine teeth. I don't care what you're talking about. That's crazy. Nine teeth is nine teeth. Doesn't matter how you go about doing it. And to be in that situation, to come back and even play that game. And that was I don't want to say it was a harmless play. I mean, it was a shot that uh, bounced off the glass. Yandel, just wrong place, wrong time. And unbelievable. And you knew he was in some pain. He was bent over. He skated off uh, immediately, probably, you know, spitting the teeth that were loose right into his hand. And uh, to come back. (laughs) Exactly. And to come back and even play the third period, I got to hand it to you. Man, hockey players are tough and then everybody was a little bit uh 
nervous when you know we we made the recall of Riley Stillman on uh, Sunday morning, thinking that Yandel probably wasn't going to play. And sure enough, after getting out of the dentist chair, uh, having some major major surgery, Yandel has announced that you know he's going to be playing on Sunday night, and he played 23, 38 minutes on Sunday night, and he led both teams in ice time. That's crazy. Okay, I, I got to be honest here. Sometimes I've been critical of Yandel in the past, and that won't change. I'll still continue to be critical, but I got to give some credit where credit is due, okay? That's tough. That is tough. Oh. Uh, nobody can ever question uh, Yandel's toughness. No one can ever question his work ethic coming back from nine teeth injuries, whatever they were, cracked or lost, and coming back the next night and leading both teams in ice time. Uh, that is old school. That is, like I, I made the joke, spitting chiclets. That is yeah. that is toughness, man. Uh, and, and I know you know this, Frank, but this is a, a streak that Yandel's been on for a long time from back when he was with the Coyotes. Uh, he's on right. an 821-game streak and uh, of never missing a game. He's he's an Iron Man. Uh, probably, I think the longest active Iron Man. I think Patrick yes. Marlowe is just a few games behind him, uh, but the longest active Iron Man in the NHL, and uh, he has the potential to break the streak uh, to be the number one Iron Man of all time, uh, maybe in the twenty twenty one season. So kind of crazy uh, to come back from an injury like that. But man, uh, I got to give him props. That's that's pretty bold. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, you should never question the toughness of a hockey player, especially when it comes to something like this. But, you know, not only does this show toughness and it shows determination, it shows heart. I mean, he's easily in a situation where he could have said, yeah, you know what, maybe I should just sit out one night and, uh, you know, give myself a rest and, you know, just try to heal um, a little bit because his next game wouldn't be till Wednesday. But Sure enough, uh, hockey player being a hockey player, he was out there. I give the guy a, a ton of credit for coming back that fast. And you know, I, originally, I thought his jaw might have been broken. Um, so he's very lucky that that didn't happen either, you know, or, or cracked or fractured, whatever. But, um, man, something that he can tell his grandkids about one day. That's crazy. And, and you know that does something in the locker room. You know the guys in the locker room see Yandel do that, and they think to themselves, man, if Yandel can come back, if he can come back after that, uh, am I giving my all for the team? You know, like guys yeah, look at that. Exactly. And they, you right. know, they want to run through a wall for Yandel now. You know, like they see that and they go, yes. okay, we got we to gotta step it up. You know, it's funny because you look at some other sports. And I'm not trying to be mean, but you look at other sports and guys sit out, oh, you know, uh, he's got a sprained pinky finger or, uh, you know, oh, he, I have a uh, blister. I yeah. can't pitch. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I can't pitch because I have a blister. Or, uh, or better yet, I've thrown 99 pitches. It's the fifth inning. I can't pitch anymore. I mean, come on. Give me a break. <laughs> or or uh, in the NBA, like, oh, I'm, I'm dehydrated. I need to sit out for a quarter. And then you see and you see Yandel get hit in the puck with the puck in the face and lose yeah. nine teeth and come back that game. Not just the next night, that game and play in the third period. And you go, well, that's uh, that's some toughness that maybe uh, other athletes can't claim to have. Uh, I've always said hockey players are a special breed and uh, Keith Yandel proved it. 
Absolutely. Well, speaking of Keith Yandel, who is a defenseman on the Florida Panthers, uh, the questions being posed all over social media uh, by Panthers fans, it's a legitimate question. Do the Panthers need to bolster the defensive core? Do they need to add to the defensive core? Now, we talked about this last yesterday that, uh, yeah, we, we do think they need to, to do something, whether it's adding, whether it's changing pairings, whether it's changing systems, something needs to happen uh, with the Florida Panthers. Uh, so I guess the first question is, Frank, do the Panthers need to trade for another defenseman? And then the follow-up question is, is that defenseman Shane Gostisbehere, the Philadelphia Flyers, having scratched uh, Shane Gostisbehere in the last two games? Healthy scratched. Uh, Shane Gostisbehere, of course, having a connection, uh, having grown up in South Florida to the Florida Panthers. What say you, Frank Rikus? Ooh, well, all right. Part one is, do the Panthers need to change up the defense? Yes. Now, is Mackenzie Weger coming back from his injury when he comes back enough? No. Uh, I still think something else needs to be done. You're right. We did talk about it last night. Um, they are missing, in my estimation, and I've been saying it for a while, they are missing physicality. Um, so I think that something needs to happen. I don't know who's available. I don't know who you can go get. I don't know what we're going to have to trade. Uh, I'm, you know, I would hope that they're looking at some various options. Uh, someone messaged me earlier today about going after, uh, Drew Doughty on LA and I just absolutely not. Uh, Drew is on the wrong side of 30 and he's got a fat, fat, fat contract that we don't want to take. He's been a good player, a uh, Stanley Cup winner, but uh, not now. Maybe four years ago, three years ago, not now. As far as uh, acquiring Shane Gostisphere, I mean, I, I like your opinion as well after I give mine. Um, he's a lot of the same of what we already have. He's an offensive defenseman. He's smallish. You know, he's 5'11", 180. I mean, he's not short, but... You know, he's not the 6'2", 6'3", 215, 20-pounder that we need. Um, he's got a lot of offensive skill, which is fantastic. We don't really need a blue liner or another blue liner with offensive skill. And um, I don't think it's somebody that we should pursue. And let's definitely not go after him just because he's from South Florida. That usually doesn't work, people. I don't know what yeah. you think, Josh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I don't think location really means anything as far as uh, whether or not to go out and acquire a player. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I think Gostas Bear is very similar to players that we already have on the team, uh, to, to similar style. But um, I think the Panthers are probably looking for more of a shutdown defenseman, more of a defensive defenseman, bigger body, physicality. Um, however, if he wants to come and there's a deal to be made, you know, there's, there's, there's no reason to ever not look at something, but, uh, yeah, I don't know that Goss despair is the solution, but there should be uh, a solution coming. Hopefully Dale Talon and company are working on something. So Josh, you know what I like to do when I'm at home watching the game? I can't even begin to imagine what you like to do when you're at home watching the game. Oh, I love to have a good meal and I mm -hmm. like to use DoorDash. So Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? 
If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Lockdown sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash offers. Oh, man, I use DoorDash all the time, Frank. It's one of my favorite things, actually. That's cool to know. I just had DoorDash deliver Chipotle for me for lunch today. So, Oh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, you got to check it out. It's good stuff. Well, hey, uh, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, Alex Lopez, who is our goaltending correspondent for PantherParkway.com, is going to break down a stunning move that happened last night as the Florida Panthers made a goaltending change. Stay tuned after the break. All right, and joining us now is the Panther Parkway goaltending correspondent, Alex Lopez, who writes about goalies, a former University of Miami goaltender uh, for us at PantherParkway.com. Alex, welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? Awesome. Uh, Great to have you on. And we have some breaking news. Uh, Sam Montebo is sent down to Springfield, and Chris Dreger comes up to the NHL. Now, I know Chris has had a great uh, couple of games, couple of weeks uh, in the AHL for Springfield, but what can you tell us about this move? Uh, what's the reasoning behind it, and uh, what should we be expecting uh, as a result of it? Um, I mean, on the surface, it seems like they're just not happy with Monty. I mean, the numbers don't lie. He has struggled. I mean, both him and Sergei Bobrovsky have struggled. I mean, their numbers are really bad uh basically by any metric advanced or regular the panthers have probably the two worst goalies in the nhl right now um i mean i know the numbers don't tell the whole story uh when you talk about analytics the panthers give up some of the best uh quality against in the nhl even though their shot suppression is pretty good it's just not somewhere you want to be where you're giving up low low amount of shots but a lot of high danger it's just not where you want to be um so on the surface, it seems like, hey, you're not, you can't do anything with Bobrovsky. He's a ten million dollar goalie with a no move clause. Not that you would do anything, you know, twenty five games into his Panther tenure. But so on the surface, it seems like, okay, well, they're gonna bring up Dreger, who has the best save percentage in the AHL at .938, and send down Monty. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, when I saw the news, I was thinking to myself, oh, that's odd that they made the decision. And then I started thinking in my head without looking at anything. Um, that maybe it's an opportunity to get Monty some games. It's the first time probably in his life that he's been the number two goalie. And I touched on it briefly in my, uh, my sec in my article I just published, I mean, minutes ago, I mean, I guess when you guys are listening to it, it'll be yesterday, but it's really hard to go from being a number one goalie to a number two goalie. The mentality is completely different. Um, you know, number one goalie, you're playing almost every game. You're getting two, three starts a week. You know, you're in the flow. You're in the flow of, of games. If things aren't going well, you're back in there to kind of work on things. When you're a number two goalie, you do a lot of sitting. And yeah, you take a lot of shots in practice. But practice and game, it's just two completely different animals. You can't simulate it, especially as a goalie. It just doesn't work especially with how practices are run in the nhl goal i mean goalies are a little bit like kickers where you're just kind of using them wherever you can you're their shooter tutors for 95 percent of practice and then the you know 15 20 minutes you get alone with the goalie coach and again you're not simulating goalies so you're not simulating game situations excuse me so what kind of happens is 
as a backup goalie who you're only starting once every couple of weeks or once or twice or only on back-to-backs, you just start to lose lose that sharpness, especially if you're not used to it. I mean, that's why you see a lot of these teams that have, you know, veteran-laden rosters. They have that goal, you know, that backup goalie who's 32, 33 years old, who's been a backup for most of his career because it takes a learned mentality to do it. And you've got Sam Montembeau, who I believe is 22 years old, stepping into a backup role for the first time in his life. It's a lot. Now, so, I mean, that's, I think, where a lot of his struggles are coming from. It's when you're not getting starts. It's just, it's just not easy to, you know, come in cold after sitting for two weeks and starting a game, and especially at the NHL level. I mean, last night's a perfect example, or two nights ago, I guess, when you guys were listening to this, is a perfect example. Panthers didn't give up a lot of quality. It was actually one of their best defensive performances of the year. But, you know, when you got a sniper like Jack Eichel bearing down on you, he's going to get, he's going to, he's going to take good shots. And he beat Monty twice on shots. Monty probably should have stopped, but it's just is what it is. Um, I know I'm rambling a bit, but it's, it's just really hard to explain how it's different for a goalie. So I think the mentality here is that the Panthers have a stretch of two weeks where they only have, I think, five games. And all of those games have at least two or three days off in between. So you have from now until the next back-to-back of December 7th and 8th, I believe, where there's no question Bobrovsky's getting all the starts. So you have an opportunity to send Monty down to the AHL, where I believe they have five games in, in that stretch, in that those stretch of next two weeks, where you're going to start Monty all five of those games, and he's going to be able to work out his kinks while Bobrovsky's getting his four starts in the NHL level, continuing to work through his issues as well. So I think that's the mindset. I don't think this is a straight up swap of Monty's going down and Dreger's coming up, and he's got the he's got the number two job from now on. I mean, that was what I was thinking before. I'd gotten a chance to deep into it, and then I look on Twitter, and George Richards has the same mindset. And obviously, I'm not trying to you know, compare myself to George Richards. He's there all the time. But if him and I are on the same wavelength in terms of what's going on here, I think, I think that's what we're seeing. I don't think Monty's going down for good. I think this is just an opportunity to get him five games where he's the number one goalie, and he can get himself back into that rhythm. And then come back, start that second night of the back-to-back December 7th and 8th, and hopefully get back on track. And by that time, hopefully Bobrovsky's back on track as well. So you don't think that uh, Drager's going to get a start, potentially the San Jose start for his uh, trouble of coming up to the NHL? You're a number You're a number three goalie. Your job is to show, come up and sit on the bench. Uh, I mean... You see a lot of that on Twitter, and you've seen a lot of it with you know Monty as well, where people were saying after he had that great third period against Boston in the first four goal comeback, oh well, Monty's earned a start, and you know Bobrovsky hasn't earned another start. You're the number two goalie. You that's especially when you have an elite number one like Bobrovsky. I know he hasn't played like it yet, but you're the number two goalie. You start every two weeks. That is your job. You have to be ready to do that job. And it's the same thing for Dreger. You're the number three goalie. Your job is to come up when someone gets hurt 
or I guess what I think in this case is you're sending someone down to get some games to, you know, break, you know, get that rustiness out of his game. And yeah, you come up, you sit on the bench, you take the extra shots in practice and you go back to the NHL and you're happy that you just got, you know, the NHL league minimum, which I think is like 550 K for a couple of weeks to, you know, be a, to be a shooter tutor and that's his job. So, I mean, you can say, Oh, it's not fair, but, this is the NHL where this isn't, you know, recreational hockey where everyone gets a trophy. Like that's the job. Frank, what do you think? I mean, uh, are you tracking with this idea of, uh, uh, Montebo going down to get a whole bunch of starts during this time frame, Or do you think this might be uh, something a little bit more? Well, I think initially you have to look at the fact that, uh, Alex is right. I mean, this is, he's the number two goaltender, you know, and with all of the discussion on social media and everywhere, as Bob has been going through, we'll call it some struggles, uh, some of which is, has been his fault, some, most of which has been the defense's fault. Um, I think it's an opportunity for him to go down, play some games. And uh, whether it's getting his confidence back, it's probably mostly to regain some sharpness so that, you know, at some point, whether it's two weeks or three weeks, he does come back and he's had a few games under his belt. Honestly, uh, Drager has been playing very well, but I think about the only thing he's really going to be doing is opening and closing the gate uh, for line changes. Um, It would be very unusual to see him play. And um, I think he's just here as a stopgap. Uh, measure so that um, Sam can go and you know, like we, like Alex has said, play some games. And um, I don't think it's anything beyond that right now. Uh, but although I guess a lot of that depends on his performance uh, with Springfield. Well, uh, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Make sure you check out Alex's article at Panther Parkway dot com about this very thing and uh, when we come back we're going to be talking about coaching specifically some drama in toronto uh, over the way that mike babcock uh, coached mitch marner last season of course mike babcock being fired uh, by the toronto maple leafs this last week Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that and how that might impact the way coach q looks at coaching younger players when we come back all right and we are back and we are talking about coaching coaching younger hockey players frank uh this is a topic that uh, definitely needs to be addressed as the story broke uh, a, a story from i guess uh, a couple seasons ago about mike mike babcock's relationship with mitch marner now mitch marner obviously one of the superstars for the toronto maple leafs just signed a huge contract in the offseason Uh, But as Mike Babcock was being fired by the Toronto Maple Leafs for underperforming with the roster he was given this season, um, the story breaks that during Marner's, I guess, rookie season. uh, Uh, 2016-2017. 2016. So was that his, what, his sophomore season? Uh, No, that might have been. No, that was his rookie season. And I think it actually happened during their annual father's trip, which is really a weird time to bring this up. Yeah, weird time. But but anyway, I think it was his rookie season, but whatever. Either way, um, during that time, Mike Babcock asked Marner to rank his teammates in order of work ethic. So he asked him to do that. And then after Marner, uh, you know, did that. 
he actually brought it up to the other players and told them how Marner had ranked them, uh, particularly the story uh, that was being relayed on social media was that Marner had ranked uh, Nazem Kadri number one. And then in front of Kadri, Babcock brought it up. Man, that is a crazy story coming out uh, about this. And uh, it just it just kind of makes me stop and think, Frank. And this is what I want to talk about in relation to the Panthers. Um, this is a whole new breed. This is a whole new generation of young NHL players. The whole thing really has been changing quite a bit. Because back in the day... When you were a young player in the NHL, making league minimum, not really doing a whole lot, yet you were you were kind of growing into a role with the team, and you were not, um, you know, you weren't playing big minutes. You weren't uh, counted on to be uh, the number one guy, except in very rare uh, exceptions, like maybe Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux or you know a guy like that. But generally, you weren't uh, being asked to be the superstar. Everything has changed in the last, I would say, five or six years. In the last five or six seasons, the young guys are coming up and automatically in their first season or two becoming the best player on their team, already uh, you know, being uh, young. We have a, a trend right now of very young captains, very young uh, guys getting really big contracts in their second NHL deal after their rookie deal. It's a whole new era. And so that requires a whole new different style of, of coaching and obviously uh, this situation with Mike Babcock uh, not good in the Mitch Marner situation and, and it very may well have directly impacted uh, Marner's negotiations with the Maple Leafs and the fact that they had to pay him uh, a bunch of money to stay in Toronto. So all of that to say, uh, when we think about Joel Quinville, the coach of the Florida Panthers, working with some of our younger players, uh, what are some things that you think coaches need to be cognizant of uh, for this next generation of players? Oh, this is such an interesting topic. Uh, my brother, who's uh, 10 years older than me, he and I have been talking about this very thing uh, often this year, even last year. And it's such a touchy situation now with how the younger players need to be treated. You know, there's there's a lot of old school coaches that are in the league. And by old school, you know, Babcock, I think, is someone that I would refer to as old school. Uh, Tortorella, I think, is old school. Uh, Quenville is very traditional, but I think that he's been able to adapt a little quicker than uh, most of the quote-unquote, older coaches that have been in the league. Um, and you have to evolve. You cannot coach the way you used to coach back in the 80s and the 90s or even early 2000. You know, I forget when um, Babcock first started with, uh, it was Anaheim, but, um, you know, he's been around a while. He's been on three teams. So, you know, and I haven't seen a lot of really great stories about him, but I don't know. But um, I think Quenville has handled things very, very well up to this point. <clears throat> um, he handled a star-studded roster in Chicago, a mix of young guys and veterans who loved playing for him. So it's it's definitely evolving into a very uh, interesting situation. And uh, I want to see what happens going forward. <clears throat> You know, with the coaches that remain in the league and how some guys come in uh, who have no NHL experience uh, and see how they're treated. It's it's pretty interesting situation. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, the biggest issue is understanding that younger players need to, need to be uh, treated differently, uh, not in in the way that traditionally happens. It used to be back in the day that you would kind of haze younger players, kind of make sure they were tough enough to be part of the team. It's not like that anymore. Guys are training so hard their whole life to make it to the NHL uh, that they're not these... Uh, entitled brats, uh, hopefully, that they used to be back in the day, uh, they need to be treated with respect. And I think uh, if you give a young player respect, he's going to give you respect back. And I do think that we've seen that, at least with what Joe Quinville did in Chicago, that younger players did not seem to have a problem with him. They seem to receive the respect uh, from Quinville. And uh, it has to be a, a mutual understanding of respect in order for it to be effective. So... Well, yeah, and, you know, with Quenville, I mean, he expects 100% effort, and if you give it, you're going to be fine. If you don't, then there's going to be a problem, and let me tell you, you're not going to win. He's going to win every time. Well, that's true, because he is a winner, and <laughs> all he does that's is win. It. And that's why the Florida Panthers have signed him to be the head coach for a long time, hopefully, uh, in South Florida. Well, uh, that about does it for today. We hope that you're enjoying Locked on Panthers. Don't forget, we are here every single weekday talking about your favorite NHL team, the Florida Panthers. And of course, there's other Locked on shows for other NHL teams as well. How can you connect with us? Well, uh, we're going to be uh, looking for voicemails. So if you would like to leave a voicemail for the podcast, you can call our phone number, 954 228 Again, that's 954-228-0630 to leave us a voicemail. We'll listen to it. We'll respond to it. We might even play it on the show. So make sure you leave those voicemails. And you can also send us an email if you'd like at LockedOnPantherspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, follow along on Twitter at LOPantherspod, at Frank Rikus, and at Josh underscore LO. Panthers. Man, we are so excited uh, to continue this show. It's going to be great. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, so for now, for Locked On Panthers, I'm Josh. I'm Frank. Thank you for listening.